0: I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, I'm joined by Kenji Kuramoto, the founder and CEO of Acuity, one of the largest CAS accounting firms in the US. Kenji has provided thousands of companies with a full range of financial solutions from high-level strategic financial counsel to virtualize bookkeeping and tax services. Kenji served as a board member or advisor for multiple organizations, including nonprofits and accounting software companies. As an angel investor and entrepreneur, he was in the Atlanta Business Chronicles 40 Under 40, the TIE Top Entrepreneur, and a Hubdoc Top 50 Cloud Accountants. It's my pleasure today to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Kenji Kuramoto. Hey Kenji, great to see you. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast. Thanks for having me, Stuart. You've grown a mose since the last time I see. you. That's outstanding. I love that.
1: A little bit. You know, it's lightened up somewhat. You know, I had a much uh, larger one for a little while. And then my wife take, pays too much attention to it and says, time to shave that off. So <laughs> yeah, it's time We'll to see go. if I can sneak <laughs> this one back in the household. But again, it's probably going to end up going away here soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, last time we probably caught up was, oh, was it? like just before COVID and everything, wasn't
1: it? It probably was, right? Which is probably the safe yeah. answer with anybody these days during this weird two moment, years. Yeah. yeah, it was probably oh before God. before COVID. Too long, man.
0: Yes. Too long. I definitely miss you. And how's, well, we touched on COVID. I I think everybody's a bit over it, right? But uh, how's business during, what impact has had it had on you and uh, QIT? You
1: know, I think it actually had a fairly positive impact for us in that probably like like many of the firms and the leaders in the space who've actually been on the podcast many I've listened to I think about like a like a Chad Davis or Enrico and yeah. people who have been on recently I think the modern firms have probably flourished like we have yeah. we were already in a yeah. position now I wasn't like Chad out roaming the world in an RV. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's able to move anywhere where he's. Oh,
0: see, yeah. Is he what? He's got it sorted. Absolutely. He does,
1: doesn't he? But you know, I think that for firm like ours, we saw little to very no disruption yeah. in the term. And we saw an increased need for many clients, yeah. certainly with things around like, you know, PPP loans and needing lots of help yeah. and support around that. So we jumped in and helped with that. We saw a lot of activity. The only thing I would say that we weren't expecting that was disruptive mm. was we have a lot of our team members who are parents and so what we did yeah. anticipate was that new role that many parents took on of like pseudo teacher so all of a sudden yeah. they're oh, used to God. working from home already yeah, they were yeah used to having to play like part-time instructor and teacher as well too so we yes that's probably the one thing that I don't think anybody anticipated, but we certainly went through that just because we have a very large percentage of team members who have young kids at home. So yep. that was unintended. But yep. Otherwise, we saw nice growth. We did, um, you know, tucked in a couple of acquisitions during COVID, one in end of 2020, and then another one in 2021. So we kind of kept moving forward, certainly organ- yep. organically and even a little inorganically during that time. Yep. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, just on the parent thing, yeah, I mean, most of your staff are in the USA, right?
1: The majority are. We have some team members in the Philippines, some in the Caribbean, but otherwise, mostly in the US,
0: yeah. Yeah, and let's not get into politics, that's for another podcast, (laughs) but um, most states, and particularly around Georgia, where you are, the lockdowns of schools were relatively in the months, certainly not in the years- you know, speaking to people in Canada, like, you know, some schools there were going on two years of, or, you know, 18 months of lockdown, and these parents are just beside themselves, you know, like, unbelievable. they're tr- literally trying to do two jobs at once, not you know, there's actually these articles about people that can do that, but not parenting. (laughs) You can't. That's (laughs) what you you,
1: you just can't do it. And so that was something we weren't expecting. And and I think you're right. We actually were in better position than most because our team is completely – accustomed to and used to working remotely and from home yep. many of our team members work part-time and to your point Stuart most are here in the US where the lockdowns at least the school implications weren't quite as drastic as places like Canada or elsewhere in the world yep. where completely different very
0: different but still very disruptive my country of birth was a bit of a shit show for a while that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I love them but I'm going back next month for the first oh, time and excellent. they're going to let me in they're going to finally let and, you and in the native son yeah. returns <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we've got to put this podcast out over after that, so they don't change their minds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> the uh, no, it was it was a disaster. I I, I think, uh, and parts of the west coast were um, of the USA were a bit more difficult than sure. others. But it's not for us to to resolve these issues. But I th- I think in three or four years' time, the whole world's going to look back on this and contemplate who did better out of it and whose mental health bills are less than others. And I mean, the the long-term implications are are partly unknown yet, but, and I mean, we're talking as though it's over. It's not really over yet.
1: It really is not. It's not there yet. It feels like it's optimistically moving in the right direction. You know, I feel like I've, I'm out in the world seeing more friends and family and other firm owners on a more regular basis, which is great. But, you know, who knows? All, all it's going to take is some other variant or some other type of lockdown. And there are strange things happening in the world these days. And so, you know, I think all of us just want to get out of our houses, but at least it sounds like you settled yourself in a great place to wear plenty of good outdoor activities. Because again, I think that's a huge part of it too. I think that oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. some of these team members we've had that are in really cold climates and there's not like, hey, a, a ski slope, right, to go up and down on where they're just kind of stuck indoors during huge months yep. of the year. That's one of the benefits we have here in the South is relatively mild climate. You can get outside most months of the year fairly easily. But um, yeah. let's just hope it doesn't go back to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't want lockdowns again. And I think the hopefully the science has progressed enough. Hopefully we get to a stage where you just you go in and get your, you get your flu shot and you get your, uh, your COVID shot all at once, a super booster and- Knock it out. You're right for the year. That's, that's the plan. There you go.
1: <laughs> Knock it out and just go. That's what I, I agree with you. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and so back to Acuity, how many staff, where are you guys up to these days? Because I, I remember, I think when we first met, you were probably, what about, I want to say 15, maybe 20 staff way yeah. back in the day.
1: Back in the day, because gosh, we have known each other for a long time. Yeah, us yeah. old guys, right? But yeah, yeah we're yeah. we're at about uh, a little over 150 team members today. Yeah, wow. And so, yeah, it's grown quite a bit since those time frame. And, and I guess you're in a very similar space too, especially with. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, congratulations <laughs> on the B round. That's phenomenal. Thanks,
0: mate. Yeah, cheers.
1: And I know that that's got a lot of growth behind it too. So yeah, we're we're probably both in a pretty different spot than we were. Uh, we yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. That is for sure. Yeah, we're, we're similar. We're we're catching you rapidly. We're sort of hundred. I think we're hundred and twenty or so today, and yeah. uh, hundred and thirty next week, hundred and forty the week after. It's going pretty rapidly. I can imagine. And, well, there you tell me. How, how do you think about that growth and developing the culture? I will not say keeping the culture, but but sort of keeping the foundations of the culture and developing culture as you grow and. Uh, I'm sure I know you reasonably well. I'm sure you're quite deliberate about it. So I'd love to hear about it.
1: <laughs> I am quite deliberate about it. And only because I think I've realized how much more so I have to be. I think it was much yeah. easier when we were smaller. Yeah, We're all together. You knew every team member. You knew every single client. It was easier to have that kind of culture in place. And um, I've had to be much more intentional about it over yeah. time. And yeah, in fact trying to figure out how to scale connectivity, scale community, scale culture, it's been difficult. I mean, very, very frankly, it's been difficult. It's not something that I was prepared for. I think my nature is to be very team oriented. That's just who I am. People who know me well know that I'm really good in a team environment. And so I just assume that those skills of bringing people together and bringing culture, would just keep scaling, you know, you add a few more people yeah, few yeah. more, and you, and there were just some spots where all of a sudden you realize you go, oh wait a minute, I need some whole new skill sets here. This is yeah. yes, I may be good at interacting with people and building culture, but you know, it's just a such a different animal at 15 versus 150. And so that's an area yeah. I've had to grow and develop. I've had to spend more time being thoughtful and intentional about. And we still got some work to do. You know, how do you Yeah. how do you make people feel like they're connected to the organization and to you as the founder. I think we're I'm getting better at it, but it was mm. much more difficult than I anticipated.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, well, it was not just yeah, not just a walk in the park. So how how many uh, uh, and where, where do you find the most difficulty? What are the biggest issues you face? And then we'll move on to yeah, you know, some of the joy joyous aspects sure. about it as well.
1: <laughs> I think it's in communication. I think yeah. trying to make sure that that all team members are aligned have an understanding and clarity of what it is we're doing. And yeah. I started noticing that, you know, we started getting up around, you know, 50 people and 60 and 70. Yeah. And I started seeing little times to where we'd come back and we would deploy something new, a new idea, a new process, a new technology. And you'd start hearing some kind of grumblings from the team or I don't understand mm. what what in the hell Kenji's doing or why did they do this? Yeah. And you realize, oh, shit, I didn't, you know... I needed to explain this better. I didn't really explain the why. Why are we doing this? And so I started seeing yep. little bits of it. Now at our size, there's a lot of time spent of communicating what the vision is, why we're mm. doing it. Because, mm. and that's just been much more difficult. Actually, it makes me think of Stuart. I saw you recently put out, it was nice to you to be transparent like that and put out your email communication when you raised the round. And I think yep. those types of things are important, things that I wouldn't have considered before, we have to be clear with our team about what it is we're doing. What are we going to do with this large $66 million raise? Or why yep. did we go and acquire a couple firms? And, yep. you know, so certainly big strategic initiatives like that, but even smaller things. Yep. We just deployed some new... Technologies here at Acuity that are trying to make life easier for people, and we had a big blowback. We had a big <laughs> yeah. blow, blowback on it. You, people you're like
0: fucking up my workflow. <laughs> Absolutely, I think people thought,
1: "Wait a minute, so you're monitoring all my emails?" I'm like, no, 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 oh, not, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Like, that's not at all what we're doing. And so, yeah. the intentionality with which we have to communicate is just so much more heightened. And so, yeah. that's been challenging. I think now that I have more clarity on it, I get excited about it. I like to try to think about how to communicate at scale how to get a large group aligned. But I think that through all these growth periods has probably been the most challenging thing it's just to keep people on the same stage. And it's nothing worse. I think as a leader, when you interact with someone on your team and you hear about a negative experience that they've had and yeah. then, and you look yeah. at it and you hear about it and you go, Oh my gosh, this has happened because it was just poorly communicated. They didn't, expectations weren't set correctly or the way that this was communicated by someone else. This is not who we are, but someone believes this is who we are. Here's why it is just because the communication was poor. And so I think those are the areas that, man, there's times I kind of wish we were a little bit smaller again. Like, oh, just, Hey, just come on over here (laughs) in the office and have a quick conversation. (laughs) We'll make, take care of this, but that doesn't happen anymore. That's been tough.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of things in there, right? So first of all, acknowledging, you know, services, business, professional services, organizations are, are very different to, to software businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you, you got to provide value to, well, we both had to provide value to a customer, but you got to keep doing it over and over month, over, month, over, month, over, month, over, month. in it's a very people-oriented way to deliver work. And your clients interact with your people. Our clients, predominantly, you know, 90% interact with our software and our application, our website, et cetera. So there is a big difference. So what things, what steps have you taken to try and improve that? Have you got a chief of staff? Do you use an OKR process? Tell me about all that.
1: Sure. We use some of those things for sure. We use an OKR process. We make sure those are transparent amongst the entire company we use. Transparency is one of our core values. We also are big users of Giraffe. So we have an employee Giraffe dashboard that hooks into our financials. So any team member can come and take a look at how we're operating financially. And it gets down through pretty much most all of our metrics. So we have that transparent. Uh, Everything from certainly quarterly, all hands meetings. I do, it's something that I thought was kind of an experiment in the early years. I've been doing it for about two years now, but I do a weekly video from Kenji every single Friday, even if I'm on vacation, even if I'm wherever. And sometimes it's about things happening in the business. Sometimes it's just, hey, here's where in the world I am at and I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, So little things even like that sometimes that we do to help make sure people are aligned and and have clarity on kind of what we're doing. We also do a, um, you know, we were just doing some planning on it. We have an all hands- essentially meeting that we call it a conference acuity con this will be our fourth year of having it but we fly everybody to atlanta and uh, we were just doing some planning for it and i think that's been a good spot for us of saying hey you can work wherever you want to work in the world yeah you can work at acuity also as many or as few hours as makes sense for you and your personal life the one thing we ask is that we'll cover all of it, but we need you to come to Atlanta during September for these two or three days. Yeah, And so we found that that's been an important touchstone for all of us as an organization to where we bring in tech stack partners, we bring in speakers, we spend a lot of time together, we socialize and have fun, and we do some training as well too. And so I think just getting creative with even whether it's even little weekly touch points. Yeah. Even silly things from me, whether they're big, important, all hands flying in, building a regular yep. cadence that has yep. different touch points throughout the year is something for us that's been helpful in, in getting the team to still feel that connectivity that we need them to feel. So: yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And is uh, <laughs> September in Hotland is not too bad? It's starting to get a bit cool. It's starting to cool down. It's to cool
1: down. We, we've been, I'll tell you what, Stuart, we've been so lucky the past few years because especially this last year, right in the heart of COVID, most everybody had canceled like live events. We were like, "Yeah, we're not going to do it. We gave people the yeah. choice. If you want to come, come. Yeah. If you don't feel comfortable, we'll do a, a you know sure. live stream. And so we had a lot yeah. of people come, but we were crossing our fingers, betting on hopefully good weather in that time frame, And we got it. And we had yeah. great weather. So we did a ton of it like up on our we have a we're in a co-working space on this very cool rooftop we had. So we actually did like a bunch of the sessions and like even our tech stack partner booths all open air. Right. And so we just kind of keep knocking on wood, like, okay, let's just keep yeah. hoping every year yeah. is great weather because <laughs> that time of year actually is for people who haven't been to Atlanta or spent much time here, the fall in Atlanta is nice it's Perfect. Really, and we're there just starting sh- to get into it right there so hopefully yeah. knock on wood we'll get the same thing knock on wood you, you <laughs>
0: keep going yeah i mean i think so how many people in the office then as opposed to remote at the moment
1: so we used to like today there was a whopping three people here in the office
0: yeah right that's less Huge. than one percent out of 150
1: <laughs> and many days we come in I come in maybe one or two days a week. I like to come in because I've got a good standing desk I like to use. I just like to kind of get out of the house a little bit. But we've made the office, made the decision on having the office is completely just a tool, another tool, another asset that team members can use if they elect to. Not required by anybody. We said if if you're here in Atlanta area, which, you know, I think roughly a little under half of our team is in Atlanta but they can come use it if they want to. They don't have to. Yep. And the way we're looking at it now is that having this space allows us like in, so we have our big conference in this same building and it's a fantastic building that we end up taking over the whole thing almost for our Con. Yep. It allows us to flex down and have a small space if someone wants to get out of the house and work here for a bit or still facilitate large scale meetings we have them. We've got, in fact, our leadership team, which is 11 people are all flying in next week. So we'll kind of be in the space a bit so we can flex up for those kind of things. But on most days, I'd say half the days here, Stuart, there's nobody in the office. There's maybe one or two, or there's actually nobody here. And so someone recently asked me this, oh, that must be great. You guys must be saving so much on rents being (laughs) 150 people and having this tiny little space. And I said, you know, I think what we're saving in rents We completely put back into events and these places where we're doing we're flying everybody in a couple times a year, and I felt like for us that's the right way to think about it is we're not doing it as a cost savings we're actually reallocating our spend on a way to make our time together more useful because we don't need a large footprint for an office because we don't have people in here but we will allocate some of that to spend on bringing the entire company together at certain times of the year and that's the right that's the right for us cadence way to bring people together
0: that makes sense do you take inspiration from the git labs of the world that are sort of you know a couple of thousand people remote you think you think this is a sustainable methodology to get to you know the next 150 get to 300 staff
1: oh gosh i'm not sure 300 staff i mean scares the hell out of me thinking about that but (laughs) i do think it is for quite a while sustainable i think that to me directionally that's where i we've just typically looked for inspiration is in some of the more forward-thinking organizations and unfortunately, there's not a ton of them in the accounting space. So we typically yeah. tend to look fortunately
0: at for you. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Maybe fortunately for us, yeah. but so we tend to look at some, what some of the tech companies are doing. And I do think that allowing the team to have a voice into what is it that's important to them. And again, they love to be together and see each other, Yeah. but doing it at very select times of the year, making that time together, very purposeful, making it uh, special is really what they want. They don't, a team doesn't really want to come into the office every day or even every week, and so I do think it's sustainable. I want well, to see where that breaks down. I don't know if I want to test the whole upper boundaries of that. Like, gosh, when we're five hundred, a thousand people.
0: Yeah, yeah. That
1: maybe <laughs> that may be more of a Kenji thing where I just say,
0: oh, running. A, <laughs> somebody else can have this. <laughs> somebody else could do it. Running an organization
1: that size is not that
0: appealing, yeah. but I still yeah. think
1: it could work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That sort of comes back to a, a question that we've been grappling with lately, which is what is work? You know, what, mm. what is work-life balance? And then this so-called great resignation, which we've been thinking about a bit. And here's a theory for you, Kenji. You're smarter than me. What do you think <laughs> about this? I, I reckon it's not the great resignation, but the great shuffle, right? The great reshuffle. It's like people like to work. People draw purpose and work for purpose. And... The reason people are resigning is because their values and their the purpose that they desire from their work is not being fulfilled by the organisation that they're currently located with. That's right. And all they're doing is searching for organisations where those values and and flexibility of of location and work environment are more suitable. That's right. And I think, well, I'll let you riff on that for a bit. But I think organisations like yours are can only benefit from the so-called great resignation.
1: (laughs) I hope so. But I I think you're absolutely right, Stuart. I do think it's a reshuffling. I think it's, it feels like the pendulum of power has swung back to employees.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And I say this as you and I both being founders, CEOs, running businesses, it's probably moved away from you and I, Yeah, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's that balance of power shifts and currently it's shifting over and may stay for quite some time with the employees. And I think it, Pushes us in a good way to say, well, what are we? How are we going to make this a good experience? What are we going to do to make this a better organization? Because I do think people are getting choice. I think particularly in the accounting field, where there's already been a very, very low unemployment rate, people have lots of choice about where they go. And I think that you're right. I think it's if they're not feeling fulfilled or compensated well enough, those two things are going to get people to move in a heartbeat. And I think especially accountants are gonna find plenty of opportunities to work elsewhere. I tell my team all the time, I it is not lost on me. It keeps me I won't say up all night, but it keeps me up yeah. of like I get the responsibility that I and our executive team have because you all are in the power. You're in the power seat yeah. right now, and we've got yeah. to do a hell of a job making sure that we're we're attractive. And yeah. um, I don't know. Is that the same way you look at it with carbon? Are you facing the same things that we're facing, kind of in the accounting profession too?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we uh, there's certainly inflationary pressure on wages. I mean, some areas, sales, engineering, finance <laughs> related, have gone up probably you know, somewhere between 10 and 40% this year in terms of wages in some roles. Some other areas, uh, success seem a little bit easier to fulfil for whatever reason, I don't know. But I appreciate the word power, but the, yeah, the the pendulum of influence, the pendulum of uh, sort of the aspect of, I don't know. Perspective, influence.
1: I think influence is the word. I, when you said that, I agree with you. I think power is maybe a little overstated. Not the correct, right? It's sort of think, a bit
0: old school, yeah, like that, isn't it? <laughs> I think
1: influence is probably better. The influence probably lies a bit more. There's more opportunities. More opportunities, just honestly available. I think to yeah to especially in maybe you know I think we're talking about roles that are knowledge-based roles. If you're yes, a knowledge yeah. worker, which pretty much, yeah. uh, if you're an engineer or you're yeah. in the accounting profession, I believe by definition you should be a knowledge-based worker. Those are, you're going to yeah. have plenty of opportunities out there. So yeah. so, yeah, I think it's not a great resignation. We're certainly having to be, we're seeing people who leave going to great opportunities when they leave sure. us. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough on it us. Happens. It, it happens. happens. It happens. Yeah. But as I think as also as an employer, we're trying to say, can we still be grateful that we were yeah. a step in your progression, exactly. that we helped you exactly. along that road? And so I think we're, yeah. as much as we hate to lose people when they're going to somewhere that's a great step, yeah. we have to be thankful for the role that we played in that. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and the more people that our organizations have, the more, you know, just the pure statistics mean that we're either not suitable anymore or they've had change of aspiration or whatever. There's all kinds of reasons, but it, there's ways of doing that and going about that, and there's ways not to, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And we're the same. I mean, we, we've been very lucky. We hired an enormous number of, pretty much doubled in staff, the sort of last four months or so, and. And, uh, you know, hired some great people and the feedback, I mean, maybe they just don't tell me, but the feedback that I get is, is pretty solid at the moment, so we're very lucky.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it is always kind of that, what are they telling you and I? Yeah, Something, exactly.
0: Can I, can I go- Fucking email me if, anonymously if, you, if you're having anonymously a shit or yeah, can I, can, I, can,
1: I, can I listen in on this meeting that you're yeah, having? That's right. I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. just ring
0: me. Tell me. I don't, I don't care. I just, I'd prefer <laughs> transparency. Yeah, not even anonymously. Tell me. Or tell your story. You know, you tell your managers, tell your team. Just give us data points. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we're not for everybody. We get it. I mean, we're not fully remote like you, generally speaking. Some people are, but particularly our our engineering uh, groups, you know, sort of two to four days in the office. Mm -hmm. Just mainly this year in particular, and probably flexibility will, might improve, you know, over the long term as we just get so much bigger. But this year, we've just got so much software to build as quickly as we possibly can with the best quality we can possibly deliver that you just need those. Well, you don't need it. It is the success is more likely with those parameters of having to deliver if you can communicate in person with your teammates and, and your leaders and your architects and your and that's the decision that we took and but that's not for everybody and that's okay. But it's but nice. please don't join us if you're expecting to live and work in Sydney and and uh, not come into the office. That's right. all. <laughs> right.
1: How how is that been? I mean have you found, especially with the focus on being a software company, you know, you're no longer in the Bay Area, right? Which was yeah. just always considered, that's just the spot. That's just
0: what you had to do, yeah. Has <laughs> it
1: been more beneficial or more challenging for you building up an engineering team now that you're outside the Bay Area?
0: Yeah, well, we, to be honest, we, we you know, what the years that we were in the Bay Area, we didn't have the money really to be able to, Build a Bay Area company. Mm. I mean, you know, we were competing against uh, companies that raised Series A 80 million bucks. It's like, <laughs> and that was four or five years ago. That's like fucking hell. <laughs> you know, like we, we still haven't raised 80 million, you know. <laughs> and so, from that sense, for us, for our company that is selling to people like you, Kenji, mm-hmm. and there's 198 ish thousand accounting firms in the world that we can sell to. And that number has not changed a single bit in the last 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, we're, I was talking about this on another podcast. I do have to go and look it up. I've been lazy. But my guess is that the number of people retire in accounting is exactly the same as the number of people that come into the industry. So our TAM is not increasing, right? So what that means is we can't raise as much money as, as say, you know, if you if do an machine learning and AI and crypto company and stick that on a deck, you can go and raise unlimited money at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's not us, it's not us, that's fine. You know, we're very comfortable in our own skin. And the point of all that is, I think we do have a competitive advantage now because we raise money here in the US, we're a US based company. We are predominantly building software in Sydney, Mm -hmm. which given the unfortunate a situation where somebody decided to invade another country the currency is taking a pounding and we can hire and we've raised some good money recently from some great investors Dave won at Tidemark we love you and and Joe sorry if Joe if Joe listens we can go and you know find good people pay good money and it doesn't you know and we have that advantage versus Australian companies not I mean we get people people get asked by Atlassian Mike and Scott if you can leave our employees alone that'd be appreciated <laughs> go, and, go and fucking buy energy companies and stuff like that leave us don't, alone don't see it. exactly leave us alone <laughs> and Google and and some of these are sort of finding Australia appealing at the moment which is fantastic for the industry I mean I think you know like COVID sort of lockout stalled the economy for two years yeah. but um so there you go. There's a long answer to a short question. It's no, like I it's, think we're I'd better off outside it. of the bay. Absolutely. Definitely 100% better off outside of the bay area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For us. Okay. For us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that makes good sense. I think certainly. I know I would be. Again, I'm not I'm not an engineer. I can't code, but if someone said, "Okay, I got a chance to live in Tahoe, near the ski slope somewhere and kind of mm. get out of some of the craziness. I mean, some yeah. of that stuff that happens in the Bay Area too just gets to be absurd, right? Yeah. So, getting yeah, a chance to step out of there and be somewhere unique where you're still actually not far away. So, I yeah. love – I think it's great, but
0: interesting. No, in California, I mean, fuck, we're not the only ones that left California. Well, we were just pre-COVID, right? Yeah. But But um, like the taxes and the traffic and the <sighs> bullshit that goes on is just extraordinary, right? It is <laughs>
1: extraordinary. I was out – I've been out there a couple of times – recently and I get out there and I'm like, gosh, it's just a beautiful part of the world. And then yeah. you kind of look at. And
0: then you <laughs> sip over shit and needles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you kind of peer through some of this like, oh. It's, That's the, right. The taxes. Yeah. Oh, the taxes. Yeah. Oh, are All the Yeah. So, you, you know, it happens. It's the way it works sometimes. It,
0: it is. It's unfortunate. and it is. But, you know, I'm sure San Francisco will have a renaissance. They'll come back from Miami one day and. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they'll all leave Austin, Texas at some point. Yeah, you know, they'll all leave enough, Austin.
0: Enough, enough <laughs> because I would have turned it into a little San Francisco. Exactly.
1: Right. That's <laughs> what everybody, our team members <laughs> in Austin
0: keep saying. Is like, gosh, get the
1: Californians out here. Oh, my God, those Californians. <laughs> get them out of here. Get them out of here. So,
0: Well, I mean, not that I want to destroy a wonderful conversation with politics, but there was some articles recently around in America, but this doesn't happen in Australia as as much mm-hmm. because the polarization isn't as significant, yeah. and I think that that's because of compulsory voting to some degree, mm. but there was some articles saying, and it makes complete sense, right? People are going to, following their red and blue affiliation to their physical location, and that that's another interesting kind of take on, you know, remote work and, and where you want to live and, and your work-life balance and all of that. It's kind of interesting, I think.
1: <laughs> I think so too. I, I saw that same thing, and, and when I saw that article or at least that discussion, it made sense to me. I mean, I I thought, oh, I can see this absolutely happening and playing out because with the level of mobility that people have, people are Mm. starting to choose and decide, well, wait a minute, where do I want to be?
0: Where is my tribe? Where's my tribe, (laughs) right?
1: And say, well, okay, well, I'm going to move to Texas or I'm going to move to Vermont or wherever it might be because that's my tribe. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, I think that's, I guess in certain ways, as someone who really values independence and freedom i like that people are getting more of a choice i'm not crazy about the potential for more polarization i don't know that yeah, that's, that's right. right that's right <laughs> if it creates more of these weird edge cases of where yeah. regardless of what size you're on you're on those way far outside edge cases that's just yeah to me that's just being a pain in the ass and distracting and like the rest of the world lives somewhere kind of in the middle so i hope it yes. doesn't create that but it could. It certainly could. It has, could. A, has a propensity to do so?
0: <laughs> and and online was sort of the first sort of instances of of living in your own bubble, right? And maybe that physical trend, the real world trend, is a version of that. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and live where it's all blue, and I'm gonna or live where it's all red, and and people are gonna tell me exactly what I want to hear every day. <laughs> right, right. Let me get in my own
1: little echo chamber because that yeah, makes me happy. That's right. And yeah, you're yeah. you're right. We're seeing that in terms of where people kind of go and find their communities. Online for sure. Let me go and yeah. just kind of get that cycle going, and people may say, "Well, I, I kind of want that from my neighbors living around me, or when I run into someone in the coffee yeah. shop." Guess what? I, I yeah. want to be around those types. I. It's interesting. I, I don't. Again, I'm a little split on if that's going to be good, yeah. a good or bad thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I, well, yeah, time will tell. I think the discourse has increased to such ridiculous levels that you can't we're avoiding politics deliberately because the and not that you and I would but the risk of debilitating in, into personal differences didn't exist 10 years ago right like you could have a perfectly reasonable conversation and agree to disagree now it's like It's topics you avoid in case you disagree, which... It is. I don't know. It is. I
1: think that's something that um, I know has bothered me for sure. We've seen this. We've seen this inside of our own company before. I think it's something that probably also in my early part of the career, I think that it was easier to have a civilized conversation. But also, there was probably a bit more of a thought process around, hey, those are not work conversations those are not things you have inside work and i think in the workplace now what i'm finding is i have to be open to those conversations happening inside the walls or the virtual walls of acuity and there's yes. it's not appropriate for me to say sorry that's not something we could we can't this is work that's separate it shouldn't yeah. be that but i think what we've talked about as a team when we've had our challenges with this when you know certainly in organizations yep. of, Organizations of two people, let alone yeah. let alone the size, <laughs> let alone the size that you and I have, there are going to yeah. be differences of opinion. And we've said that I've learned this through some other good leaders who helped me through. So we had some tricky, we had some fairly difficult, actually, conversations. But was that the way to handle some of these? Were to see if we can facilitate conversations internally, where yeah. the place to have these. I, I tell my kids, right? I've got kids who are teenagers, right? And so I said, listen, yeah. social media. That's a whole other ball of wax. That's not a place where you have a conversation with someone. That's a place where you disclaim outrage, you market yourself, whatever you're doing. That's not a conversation. And I've heard this people say before, the best conversations typically happen with the fewest number of people. So how do you have small, intimate conversations? Because I think someone who's far left or far right in a smaller conversation have a better opportunity to actually have you know, some form of understanding. Now, if we choose to have that in a public forum, in social media, that's just going to be a disaster. That's going to be a shit show. guarantee. So how do we take those things and say, all right, well, let's create some civil discourse here of different opinions are totally okay. Those were some things that I wasn't exactly, I didn't realize that we as, I as a business owner was going to have to Find a way to navigate. We had to navigate.
0: Medi- mediate and facilitate. Yeah, I
1: had to do that. I, I kept thinking to myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, honestly, Stuart, I was like, can we just get back to helping clients with PPP loans? Yeah, yeah. Can
0: we do some some, some financial <laughs> 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 reports for <laughs> change? And that was my
1: that was my a little bit naive way of just like thinking, let's just do that, and realizing that nope, we've got to go and allow some of this discourse to happen. We have to do it in a civil way. That's what draws people. A respectful, people. Way. A respectful that, way. That's
0: the difference, yeah. right? Like that's what's gone missing around the world, yeah. particularly in America. but Yeah,
1: absolutely. And,
0: yeah, I remember going through those those workplace trainings when I, when we first arrived here in the States 10 years ago where they come in they say, well, you can't talk about politics, you can't talk about sex, you can't talk about religion.
1: religion. all the things. And yeah. you
0: can't even talk about sports these days because there's so much opinion. Right. So what's fucking left?
1: What's, what's like? <laughs> How do you have a relationship with someone? I mean, you can't... <laughs> I can't talk about debits and credits all damn day. Right, Are you kidding me? Right. Good God. It's just, it's just too much. So I, I do think, I'm glad that, that I think that is changing. I think, I'm glad that I think yeah. the younger generation is is saying, hey, we have to have these here, but I think there's still a hell of a long way to go for it. How do you do it to your point, Stuart, respectfully? And, yeah. you know, and I in, think.
0: Hopefully intelligently too.
1: <laughs> I, I hope so. I, I've certainly seen some things that I really scratched my head on. Like what in yeah. the hell's going on there? Yeah. But, yeah. Things you just don't expect you're going to have to, you know, we're busy trying to get serve customers, trying to build great teams. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're mediating a political discussion. <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> like, how the hell, how the hell did I get here? I, I'm not prepared for Rob DeSantis for this.
0: Is, is the next Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Okay. uh, (laughs) We've got got some work to do here. It's like, okay, we're
1: going to spin that up as a separate Slack channel. No, please not do that. Yeah, let's
0: not. Let's not. Well, (laughs) and then Slack, okay, you know, I don't want to bag Slack, but, you know, the written, the short asynchronous written communication has increased the discourse as well in the workplace. 100%. 100%. Tone is gone and sarcasm might be missed and... We've got a whole I don't know how you do it, we've got a whole slack, slack etiquette. You can you can steal it if you haven't got one, but um which has helped somewhat, but my God, you know, you can get into arguments before you even realize and it's then the day's gone, right?
1: Completely gone. I'd love to see that by the way, because I think that's a place to where so many companies and firms have moved into these places to where there is a lot more asynchronous communication. It's happening yeah. in much more succinct manner and so yeah it misses a ton of nuance i can't think yeah. of how many times as powerful as some of these communication tools are how many times we've had to go back and correct things and unwind a problem just because yeah. context was lost in oh
0: my terms
1: of just doing the quick firing off a message and it's just done. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. I may steal some of your Slack etiquette.
0: No, please, please, please. Or at least please, put, it on, on a, put
1: it on my own wall when I before I'm firing out. Yeah. Oh, wait,
0: <laughs> Stuart said not to do this. Stewart, yes. Well, what's a good one? Oh, turn off the fucking noise. That ping just oh, drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. Notifications <laughs> off. That's the first one.
1: Yeah, God. Notifications get those things off. Absolutely.
0: I'll get Lockie and, and Teen to publish this. Yeah, that'd be a great one. What's another one? uh after work hours etiquette workflows photos and profile 150 people set up your photos so people know who you're talking to and uh we introduce a sarcasm emoji so there's absolutely no doubt if you're being sarcastic fucking make sure you use it right <laughs> be
1: explicit about your sarcasm be
0: explicit about your sarcasm yes.
1: i love that oh my god oh my that's fantastic i got to use
0: that. I'll send it over to you and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get the guys to Yeah, I, I, know, I know
1: certain of our team members and they would know who I'm talking about, should probably use that emoji for every single Slack they
0: send. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would say, Matthew May, we're coming Matthew for you. May, it would go, and,
1: and my God, would it save me a lot of time Pick picking up pieces. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, oh Jesus, what's it. he done now? <laughs> <laughs> Everything, always. Everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I'll send it to you. And so what's the next in the, I, I know, you. I bet you've got a five-year plan or a 10-year plan going on. What's next off the list in your five-year plan?
1: We do. The big thing <laughs> we're really focused on here on 2022, I would say, I was looking at our strategic initiatives and they're incredibly boring externally. Like, okay, because we, we've had all these fun announcements. Okay, here's an acquisition. There's an acquisition. And those are, you know this. I mean, those are great ones externally where everyone goes, oh, yeah. that's so wonderful amazing. It's so cool. It's, also, it's yeah. almost like a capital yeah. raise, right? Where people just, yeah. Yeah. You just get a ton of noise around that. And yeah, behind the scenes- the milestone.
0: Scene, it's not the milestone.
1: Oh, it's <laughs> Behind the scenes you're going, <laughs> nah. oh, shit, here comes all the work. Yeah. Right? Here comes all yeah. the work. So, So, yeah. in fact, 2022 is really going to look like What's exciting for us is all the things we're building internally to make sure that this, that we scale correctly. Because when we've got 150 yep. people and yep. hundreds, if almost 1,000 clients we're serving every month, it's just noisy. And so yeah. we're working it, on a number of initiatives to make communication more streamlined, some RPAs, some... I guess all the buzzwords, right? I can't quite be a Chad with all the no code.
0: But like a lot of things behind
1: the scenes, getting our systems talking to where at the end of the day, we want to make Acuity easier to use by all of our team members. We want people to say, hey, I'm an accountant. I chose to work here because the way that you've built processes and systems, gosh, make my life a hell of a lot easier. And so a lot of what we're doing there is doing some absorption and integration of these acquisitions and just getting you know, some things kind of built internally. So we'll do that. We are looking at, I think there has been some firms who've been really also smart with coming up with some different interesting practice lines. I think looking at what I think folks like Growth Lab have done, a few others out there around fp a functions, I think are kind of interesting. Yep. So we're yep. kind of looking yep. at that. We've been inspired by them and some others to kind of maybe take a look at an FP&A function that would be kind of supportive of our outsourced CFO practice. That's something we're going to tinker with later in the year. But yeah, otherwise, most of the things we're doing for me are incredibly exciting because they should make life easier for all the team members. Yeah. But probably externally are seem relatively benign compared to a few of the things that we've done in the more recent years. The one thing I am looking forward to, though, I'll say this year that I'm hoping is coming soon, is you know we've submitted to be a certified b corporation ah wow, which we're pretty okay. excited well, about
0: whole, there, there, yeah there's a whole nother yeah. uh, podcast right there
1: we've been in the queue for that now waiting for gosh about eight months it's a long queue i think right. it's becoming popular but we're we've been told that we're around the corner from kind of getting our final bit done and i i certainly hope it will happen this year i'm hoping it sooner than later that'll be fun to announce and when we do just talk about why we did that and what it means to us and and some things but yeah to your point that's a bigger conversation. That's probably one of the more public milestones that we hope we have that is meaningful for us at Acuity. I think it's a little bit of a differentiator, and but it's taking a little longer than we thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it does. It does. But well, let's touch on that briefly. Yeah. What were the reasons that you thought that that was important?
1: I think there were two reasons for me. One is, I'll just say personally, as a founder, what's exciting yeah. is you kind of get to run a company the way you want to, much yeah. of what happens in the B Corp world, and I think about some of the initial founders of that, the companies like Patagonia or Ben & Jerry's, yeah. are just these are great for-profit businesses that have yeah. great, whether it's sustainability, community-mindedness, you can be a great business, you can also be a good citizen, right? And I think yeah. that those have been always great examples for us. So I've always personally felt very aligned toward, hey great, I want, to, I want to do well financially, but I also want to make positive impacts in my community yep. and elsewhere. So it yep. had a good personal alignment. The second one is, as I look at Acuity, this is our 18th year. I don't, you know, I wear the, and I think all of us do as the founders, I have to wear the responsibility of culture yep. more than anybody does. And I worry about that yep. in the sense of, well, what if I get hit by the bus? Or what if in yep. a couple of years, after 18 years, I hit 19 or 20 years, and I'm just like, you know what, time for something new. Yeah. How do I make sure we have a framework, an infrastructure in place to make sure that things like culture continue? And yep. if it's all resting on my shoulder, I think we were always taught as we're scaling the business that if too many things are dependent on the founder or one particular team member, it's at risk. And so we're trying to de-risk yep. that a little bit by saying, we think that by following the B Corp methodology, it's got you know someone coming in and auditing essentially you on that every couple of years. It's a forcing framework that will help make sure that we are treating employees the right way, our community, certainly environmentally, that we are thinking about yeah. other stakeholders beyond just the owners. I think that's going to be something that will help me at some point if, again – Hope he's not hit by the bus. Hopefully, it's no. Kenji pulls a lottery ticket someday and just does well, nothing. Well, no, but, no, like ski you butt.
0: know, dies trying to do the the final, you know, Warren Miller's son film <laughs> off an eighty foot cliff. You know, the landing <laughs> yes. was too soft and he buried himself. Little or soft. that's right? exactly that's exactly that's how you, that's how I want to go
1: right there, Stuart. So if that ever happens, then I want to make sure at least there's a framework for where that exactly we can follow something and still have that good culture intact. And we saw the B court process as one that we could continue to follow beyond just Kenji and Matthew yeah. would help us. And I think I'd say maybe odd add one third one in there is, I think it's an amazing group of companies and founders who are part of that movement, who I just want to be in community with. I want to, yeah. the next political issue that pops up, the next issue around world conflict, because there's going to be I mean, shit, you guys talked about conflicts aren't slowing down. They're only going to happen more. and We got to figure out how to deal with them in our own businesses. And I want to be around some other leaders who are forward thinking to where, how do we address these in our own businesses? So I'm looking forward to being part of that community.
0: No, no, it's certainly something that uh, I've thought about, you know, quite a bit. And uh, we haven't started the process yet. What we have done, though, is last year we offset our emissions. Awesome. Plus some. And, um, you know, we're doing the same this year. And and obviously, as we grow, that becomes quite a process and quite an experience. So we're a net zero company. Oh, that's fantastic. And, you know, that's, that's probably that's probably a little step along the way.
1: <laughs> it is a little, it's it, but it's, I think it's a meaningful one. It signals to the yeah. team who we're about. I think it's you, yeah. you start earlier on those things, then boy, it's a little easier to kind of make it a sustainable part of the, the process for everyone from team members to shareholders. And they understand who Carbon is, right? And yeah. So I think that's awesome. Hats off to you guys.
0: Cheers, mate. Yeah, and uh, speaking of culture, you've got a, a podcast that you guys do as well. We do. One of my favorite topics that um, <laughs> you know I shouldn't. Um, well, people that know me would would just call bullshit if I was denying it. So you you talk <laughs> and have a drink at the same time. So I think that's fantastic. A bit early today for us to do that here. Anyway, you can.
1: It is. It's a little early. <laughs> you know, we've you know, depending on the circumstance, though. You know, you can always. Yeah. Uh, But uh, Sneaking
0: a nine o'clock Bailey's. That's
1: right. (laughs) That's right. Sometimes you just have to warm warm things up a little bit.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: We do. Uh, We have a, um, I appreciate you mentioned that, Stuart. Matthew and I have been doing our little podcast and a video on YouTube called Drink While You Think. We've actually kind of said it's really more of a happy hour conversation at the end of every week where... I will say that we're really damn transparent about the the really strange things we're doing at Acuity, being a little bit of a strange firm. And so if you ever want to hear the things that are going on week by week, you know we're pretty open kimono telling about everything that's happening, the good, the bad, the ugly. And we also bring out a lot of other firm owners who are friends of ours just to talk. And we felt like that was a good way. We knew that we needed to find other channels of communication. And Matthew and I looked at each other and said, well, we hate writing blog posts. We've already learned that. Like, what else could we do to make this sustainable? And he said, well, we love happy hour. We love talking to our friends. We love talking about the really weird, bizarre things we do at Acuity. So how about we- Let's just record it. Let's just record it and have a drink. And that's what it is. And now 100 episodes later, here we are still screwing around doing that. So feel free to check it out.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, Kenji, this has been, I was so looking forward to this all week. And uh, this has been fantastic miss you guys a lot and, and hopefully uh, we can get some skiing in before the end of the year or at least least over the next couple of years at, at the very least
1: that would be wonderful my friend it's always good to see you would love to Likewise. see you on the slopes or gosh anywhere would be a treat so let's make sure we do that here
0: that'd be fantastic kenji thanks so much for your time well done thanks cheers cheers Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a 1,000 free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you on the next episode of the Accounting Leaders podcast.